Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Brother Rob uh, and Brother Rob Burdett is uh, Dr. Rob Burdett's with us. Our, uh, we introduced him last week. Uh, and he's our new director of missions for the RCBA. What is the most embarrassing preaching pastoral, whether it be in the pulpit, what, what's the most embarrassing? What's the most embarrassing moment that you had? I was preaching in Myanmar in the, in, at a seminary, no AC, in the dead of summer, like 115 degrees, and I sweat through my clothes, through, and it looked like I had peed in my pants and like <laughs> I'd had an accident. And my buddy I was preaching with, I said, man, I didn't realize it, but I'm like... It, I'm just sweating through my clothes here, my pants. And he's like, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But he's, like, he's like, nobody heard a word you said the whole time because you just look like you messed your pants. <laughs> that's a great friend right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good friend. Yeah. I, I mean, if, of course it could have been Brother Rob or it could have been mm-hmm. Rowan. This is true. You know. He, he's, he does that every once in a while. Yeah, on your floor. <laughs> our last episode, I remember. Yeah. Uh, y'all had, I, I mean, and... You know, the reality is you've had, before you came here in the residency program, Brother Caleb, you had some limited uh, preaching experience, but you've you've been here uh, a year, a little over a year. This seems like 10, because everything here is like advanced dog years. One year at Grace equals 10 years of life, 10 years of ministry. So uh, have, have you, what's your most apprehensive or embarrassing you know, I I guess I haven't been preaching long enough to have a, a lot of... There was one time I was preaching outside and a dog came up into the pulpit and I couldn't get it out. It was a sunrise service and it was out by this cow pasture. Uh, I'll let you guess which state I was in. And, uh, and I guarantee it's Mississippi. <laughs> no, it's Alabama. <laughs> uh, but the dog came up in the pulpit and I couldn't get it out. So I'm like trying to kick it and stuff and, you know, it just it won't move. Big Ox, have you had any terrible experiences? Yeah, the... Probably one of the worst was, uh, and this is why a couple weeks ago I asked you to grab a, a bottle of water for me because I didn't want a repeat of it. Ever since this has happened, I've, I've got to have water. Uh, I was preaching for a buddy of mine out in Texas at a church, and he said, hey, just want to let you know uh, we broadcast out on the radio. I said, okay, no problem. So I'm up there preaching, and in the middle, I get a catch in my throat, and I can't make it go away. And I sit there and hack for about two minutes, <laughs> and no one's no one's moving. <laughs> Everyone's just watching me up there dying. And finally I went, Jeremy, <clears throat> water. Cause, and I mean, it's on the right. I mean, there's nothing I could do. And he, he was like, oh. And he just gets up, slowly walks out the room. And I, and I just said, one moment, please. And I just kind of stood off to the side hacking, trying to get to go away. He finally brought it. Water barely saved me. So that was, I, I had to take a five-minute break in the middle because of a catch in my throat. The, the worst one I've heard is one of our uh, good friends, uh <laughs> I don't know if we're going to leave him nameless or not, but he was preaching and had a... Yeah, what's his name? <laughs> his name is uh, uh, Dr. Rock Collins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had a very severe bowel movement in the middle of his sermon. Oh, uh, yeah, so he was telling the story. Of course, uh, Brother Rock, one of my dear friends, a member of our church, but he's a, a associate or assistant executive director for the uh, TBMB. But uh, he was preaching, and he had got a hold of some... Uh, they had a pregame meal. Yeah, that's what I like to call pregame meals, you know, before he's preaching a revival. <laughs> and, and he ate pizza. 
and expired ranch dressing. <laughs> and that thing hit him about third point. And he couldn't take it no more. He finally had, he called the pastor and said, we're going to go to the invitation early. So let's just pray. Let, we yeah. just need to let the Lord move. Yeah, we just let the Lord move. And he moved on out and hit the bathroom. He said everybody was leaving, coming by, knocking on the door, going, bye, Brother Rock, that was a good sermon. <laughs> <laughs> he said he he was sitting there for a long time. So that was funny. I I don't know. I got lots of them. Usually, my what I say gets me in trouble. But um, probably one of my most embarrassing. It kind of goes along with uh, the hacking. You know, it's this season. Uh, well, of course, it's all COVID now. But I mean, used to you could get like regular sick. You know, and uh, so I was snotting one Sunday. Just had uh, but. You know, I don't miss work or miss an opportunity to just come or whatever. But I, in, in the middle of my sermon, I, I mean, I, again, this is probably offensive too, but I had a loogie, right? And so you, you're not going to stop and hark that thing up like you would normal. You're not going to snot rocket from, the, you know, any of that. So I just, uh, I coughed, I think, you know, and made just like a little gesture. Well, it came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I never saw where it went. <laughs> and uh, Brother Johnny McCartney was our student pastor. He was here for a long time and an awesome man of God. Uh, but he was trying to tell me, sitting on the front pew, and he was trying to tell me that it was right here. So it had landed on my coat. So yeah. I preached. And again, I get that audience. So yeah. I preached with a big loogie. And everybody on my the lapel. The now, I was wondering why they were so offensive. I thought I was really hammering down. You know what I'm saying? A lapel pin. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was really hammering down because they were drawing back. You know, I'm thinking, like, boy, this is a powerful, this is a powerful <laughs> word. But it turns out it was just a snot. So, uh, hey, that's we ought to write a book. We ought to write a book, guys. Hi, I'm Steve Freeman, pastor of Grace Baptist Church. And if you're looking for an affordable but yet quality Christian education for your children, maybe even your grandchildren. Can I invite you to explore Grace Baptist Academy? We're currently enrolling pre-K three through first grade, and we would love for you to come to learn more about Grace Baptist Academy and perhaps to be a part of our family. Why don't you come grow with us at GBA? In Matthew chapter 3, guys, uh, getting serious here, Matthew chapter 3, verse 10, uh, you know, the Bible says, and this is, again, a follow-up on John the Baptist. Our, our listener wrote in wanting an explanation of verse 10 of chapter 3, which says, basically, the axe is already at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. This is part of John the Baptist, uh, I call it a sermon, obviously. I mean, but this is part of his proclamation um, there at uh, the uh, Jordan River as he's baptizing a baptism of repentance uh, in preparation for the uh, the Messiah to come on the scene. But he's talking about expounding on, uh, you, you know, the kingdom of God and exactly what this looks like now. So what does it mean, guys, in verse 10? Uh, when he says, and he's talking about judgment, okay? Uh, um, Brother Caleb, uh, r- read that passage, if you will. Give us just a little bit deeper context, because all I did was read the question. 
Sure. So uh, John the Baptist, we've met him before uh, last week in our podcast, but he's he is a preacher, kind of the last of the Old Testament prophets, and he comes, it says in verse 7, that all these people were coming out to hear him preach and to see him baptize these people. And it said he had a baptism for repentance. Uh, and he says, he tells these people, hey, you're a brood of vipers. Uh, in verse 8, you need to produce fruit consistent with repentance. And then we get down to verse 10. He says, you got to understand that the axe is already at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. So John, he's talking about these people who come to see this baptism of repentance. Uh, and he says, listen, you have to repent of your sins. You have to, like a, like a tree, you have to start producing good fruit instead of the bad fruit that you're producing. Your lives have to change. And that's what brings us to, to verse 10. He starts talking about an axe and, and roots. And that's that's where our listener uh, asks the question. Well, when we're thinking about axe and roots and trees and, and uh, produce and fruit and all of this, it just ties with really uh, that uh, aggregate culture of Mississippi. So I think, you know, one of uh, the, we're going to lean on the expert. Who comes out of that aggregate society? Uh, Big Ox, one of our esteemed members. I mean, yes. what, what, what's he? Yes. What, what's he talking about? And and thank you for uh, being so lively, not only in this uh, podcast but in the last. Uh, yeah, I mean, good, what, what is what is he talking about? So when we see here in, in verse ten, he says the axe is already at the root of the trees, and and I think this is kind of where where some get confused because they think they're what's. What does it mean for the axe just to be sitting there? Why is it there? And, and the idea behind this is he's saying, listen, a pruning isn't like a pruning isn't coming like like it's upon us. And so what he's saying is, um, you know, there's there's going to be a coming where there's going to be a pruning, there's going to be a judgment, and it's already upon us. The time is here, is here and now. And so um, he's what he's what he's saying, what he's communicating is, hey, look, this isn't something that's going to come. It is here. It is now. Um, and the time is upon us. So, so there's no waiting. There's no um, time. So, so he says the axe is already at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Meaning, listen, the the judgment starts now. And so you need to repent. You need to turn now um, because it's it's not something you can do later. It's here and now. So. Can I piggyback on that yeah, just for a second? Is I think one of the the biggest lies that Satan tells people is that you have more time. You have more time to get ready with God. You got time. We'll do it down the road. But I think the urgency just in the verse, like you said, that judgment ain't coming. It is upon us. And you don't have to. Today is the day of repentance. And I think that's a real powerful thing that from John's preaching. And he's preaching to the Pharisees here that, hey, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That now is the time. Uh, you don't have more time. The judgment is at the door. Well, you know, and, and of course, John, we're talking about a baptism of repentance. Uh, John's baptism is different than the baptism that we experience now, simply because, you know, there, there's a context of time. Um, you know, in the reality, John the Baptist is an Old Testament prophet whom we see in God personally ushering in a new covenant, a new contract with with humanity. So everything's going to be different. Now, uh, here's what we don't under uh, often understand is that the baptism wasn't weird to people. They had already experienced uh, baptism. Even today, you know, this is part of uh, a conversion process. Your conversion process 
uh, from, you know, into Judaism, e even today, a, a purification rite and all, all of these things. So um, they, they knew about baptism. And, you know, one of the things that I like to clarify, uh, Dr. Rob, is that Jesus, in, you know, obviously established baptism as a symbolic gesture. Uh, let's talk about the Lord's Supper, these ordinances of the church. They have a foundation already. It's not like Jesus just made them up out of thin air for us to be symbolic. Uh, these things, you know, what does the Lord's Supper, for instance, where does the Lord's Supper come from? It's symbolic to us, but what's it based on? Passover. It's based, based on the Passover meal. I mean, they were enjoying the Passover meal, and Jesus changed it. Mm. He just changed it. And... Uh, and the, Rightfully so, but but the Passover meal symbolized the exodus from Egypt, when uh, you know God spared the firstborn when the pass the you know the death angel passed over uh, those who had the blood from the lambs and, and you know that is a picture of salvation and how uh, we're saved and spared if you will and he just he took the meal that was symbolic of that and just changed it. Change the name. And uh, so baptism in and of itself, same thing. He took something that already existed and changed it. He, he, he tweaked it for the purpose of, of what it would mean in the new contract. So, but John's baptism, uh, of course, we know uh, biblically that baptism doesn't save a person. So uh, this, this baptism was still symbolic in that gesture, but it was a preparational tool uh, for these guys. And this is what John is preaching. He's preaching, listen, the kingdom of God is here. That means the judge himself is here. And, and, and you know, things are going to be sured up. And, you know, I like the analogy of the trees and the fruit because Jesus used this throughout his ministry. Uh, you know, basically, uh, a, a tree is going to produce the uh, or the fruit is going to be produced from the type of tree it is. Uh, Jesus made mention of this. He said, "You know, uh, what was it? A fig tree, or well, it's not going to produce olives or something." Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can't know the whole Bible, brother Rob. I mean, I'm trying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But essentially, that's what he was saying. And then, you know, think about John chapter 15 when he talks about spiritual fruit and hanging from our lives. He says. Uh, you know, we we prove when we when we produce spiritual fruit, we prove to be the disciples, and this is what brings God glory. Mm -hmm. So it's all about our fruit, and and John's saying you got to bear fruit that's indicative of a, a changed life, and you're not specifically. You know, not only would he say this about the Pharisees, but but he would throw down on old Herod, mm -hmm. you know, because Herod was 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 wretched. Even though, and and you can't see me because it's not video, but I'm doing air quotes. Even though he was king of the Jews, mm -hmm. he was far from uh, a, a, a spiritual being spiritually productive. So all of this comes together and coincides uh, with with you know what he's talking about. It's judgment. It's judgment. Little city, what your what are your uh, thoughts on this? Uh, I, I want to point out that it, with along that with being judgment, that it says the axe is at the root of the tree. Um, this isn't a this isn't like the exile where I'm I'm am doing this to redeem you. Uh, if you cut you can cut the tree at the trunk and you get some growth back. You can prune some branches and the tree can be healthier. But you cut the roots and it's game over. 
there is no coming back after that. That tree is dead and it's dead forever. And this is this is a it's that final judgment. It's not just judgment, but that final judgment that the the religious leaders have one more chance. And that's it. God is a merciful God, uh, but he's going to seek justice, and it's going to come eventually. He's going to hold it off. He's going to give us so many chances, but those chances don't last forever. And they will eventually end, and that axe will cut that root if that tree stays the way it is. Hmm. Well, I, and, you know, I, I think the same thing uh, today. It, it's so spiritually true. I mean, God is uh, a God of grace. And we like to say he's a God of infinite chances in terms of salvation, in terms of, you know, spiritual productivity. But we're also reminded, you know, I told you about John chapter 15. What did he say? I'm the vine, you are the branches. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Mm. And he's not talking about lost people. He's talking about his own people. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you are unproductive for the kingdom, he will take you out of here. So it's important that we understand that, but it's also important as, uh, you know, for, for lost people. Obviously, these Pharisees, we're not going to find them in heaven. Now, some of them, Nicodemus, for instance, made professions of faith, but most of they rejected Jesus, and so therefore, we're not going to get to see them again. Uh, so they were lost. Uh, th- but this holds true for lost people, too. There, there's, there's a time when God never gives up on you. But God gives you what you want. Hence, go back and read about Pharaoh. How many times, how many chances did Pharaoh get to come into the kingdom? Because God was really not only about getting his people out, he was about getting Pharaoh in. It's always been about that. Think about um, uh, Jonah. What was Jonah's mission? His, His mission was to get the king of Assyria in. Okay, he didn't want to because he didn't like the Assyrians. But nevertheless, we don't always like our assignment, do we? That's a whole other uh, podcast. But um, you know, he's always about getting folks into the kingdom. You think if he got Pharaoh, the most powerful person in the world, um, you know what 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 could happen? But Pharaoh, how many chances did he get? I'll, I'll test y'all Sunday school knowledge. Big ox. How many chances did Pharaoh get to get in the kingdom? So profound. (laughs) So, I mean, we like to say 10, but the reality is, you know, six times the the Bible helps us through the language. It's not always interpreted clearly, but through the language, God gave him six opportunities. All those times, really, the Bible helps us through the language to understand that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. But after that, God said, I... I love you enough to give you what you want. And if what you truly want is not me, then you can have it. And at that point, God moved on. And for the next three chances, all the way through those 10 plagues, I call them the plagues chances. uh, The Bible says that God had uh, hardened Pharaoh's heart. So there's an opportunity, but it's also limited. In, in some regards. It's not limited to who it but who it's available to, but it's limited in its availability by opportunity, usually by the hardness of our own hearts. So that's important to understand. That's a good point, little city. I'm proud of you right there. That made Accelerate and GBA Chapel 
I mean, that's going to be your next sermon in there. Am I, am I right? Because they'll understand that. Oh, yes. Then I'm going to explain the Trinity to them in full <laughs> detail. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, big country, you got some parting thoughts. Brother Rob, you got some parting thoughts? No, that was that was good. That was a good discussion. A good warning. I like big oxes the best. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. throwing down. Yeah. He's throwing down. Well, can I part with this and just yes. as a warning to us as as believers in churches, or at least as as churches, I'm doing a study through Revelation, the first three chapters on the seven churches, and the picture there is as the church is a lampstand, and Jesus says repeatedly to those churches that are wayward that if you don't repent, I'll take your lampstand away, and so uh, as a DOM ministering to, to many churches, we have a job to do. You know, listening to your um, staff meeting and everything we have a job to do and we have to be focused on reaching the lost we cannot sit back and be complacent because our lord expects fruit he expects us to be doing something not just hiding in church buildings and so and if we don't do what we're supposed to the lampstand is taken away so there's there's a urgency that we should have and i think you know that's the sense i get from the passage um to 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 just nail that down a sense of urgency for what is to come and who is coming, I think summarizes John the Baptist. And I think probably not going to adopt his dress code. Probably, I definitely not going to adopt his diet. No pizza in that diet. No, it's no pizza. I mean, I don't know how the man survived. But uh, I think we could uh, and should adopt his sense of urgency to to what was taking place. And you know what? That sense of urgency in what was taking place then should still be a sense of urgency because nothing's changed. Jesus Christ is on the throne, and uh, he is, is, we're his ambassadors. He expects us to go to work for him, uh, bringing people. God, God could have made any way to perpetuate the gospel, but he chose one way. And he entrusted us as people. I wouldn't have done it if I was him. I'd have, I would have found, because I know how untrustworthy I am. And I, I would have just said, as God and his infinite knowledge, he knows best how to run the universe. He never checks in with me and gets my ideas on it. He just kind of just uh, tells me, you know, and us what to do. But nevertheless, and, and I'm glad he does that because it always works out if we'll follow him. But, I would have chosen another way. Would you have chosen? I mean, what about y'all? Yeah, I wouldn't have chosen. I wouldn't have trusted humanity. I mean, look how bad we boogered it up in the beginning, you know. But he said, I got all my eggs in one basket. I'm going to go to heaven. This is Acts chapter 1. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to go up there and prepare a place for you, John 14. Uh, I'll be waiting on you when you get here. That's Alabama. I know that's not Taiwanian, you know, and that's not... Uh, but that that that's Alabamian for uh, y'all. I'm gonna be here when you get here. I'm ready for you, but go get as many to come with you as you can. And I'm leaving it up to you. So it's important and imperative, brother Rob. You hit the nail on the head. We've got to be busy about our father's business. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for being on the podcast. But thank you for your ministry and helping spur us on as pastors here in Robertson County. And we're grateful to have you. And we're grateful, uh, the kingdom of God, I believe this, that God's going to use you here in Robertson County. Uh, I hope that, that, that it's here, that revival starts, it sweeps the nation. 
And honestly, I pray that God uses you as the instrument and tool to do that. So thank you for coming. Thank you for being our leader. And, uh, well, I'm just praying the Lord's blessing on your ministry and and your family. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. So as we depart today, thank you again for listening. Uh, Tune in next week. We'll answer some more questions. We've actually got, we're two for two. Two for two. Uh, one episode, one question took six episodes last last time. So we're we're on a roll. We're on a roll. But we love you. If you uh, want to know more about accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or you need some spiritual guidance, listen to the outro. Get in touch with us. We'd love to be a part of your journey. Till then, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.